Well, hey, everyone, and welcome to episode number 87 of the Other Six Podcast. My name is Chad Boak, and I am your host. Joining me once again in the studio, my co-host, our worship pastor, the man who says to never trust a doorknob because they'll just turn on you. Matt Collins. Matt, how are you today, sir? Salty there, man. <laughs> also joining us salty. in the studio today, our lead pastor, Adam Bishop. Adam, how are you today, sir? I'm grateful for doorknobs. Yeah, well, we need them. If yeah, we didn't have we doorknobs, need. we'd never get out of rooms. That's true, handles. Just Door handles. I had to do an extemporaneous speech one time in high school on doors. So our teacher would <laughs> wait, go around. Wait, wait, back up. Wait, our what? Our teacher would go around the class, and she had like a hat, and there were these folded up pieces of paper. Okay. You had to pick a paper. You had 60 seconds, and you had to give a five-minute speech on whatever you pulled out of the hat. Okay. And I opened up the little slip of paper, and it said, doors. I got a five-minute speech on doors. <laughs> so you could have gone with the band, though. No, 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 no. no it no, had it, to be like yeah, actual. Yeah, yeah, okay. It didn't have yeah. the in front uh, the, okay, of Okay, no, no. I understand. You got to have so, the in front I of I did it. this whole speech about how can you imagine a life where we're all trapped in rooms? <laughs> <laughs> if not for doors. How terrible that, that would be. That was the title yeah. of the speech, Walkways, if not for doors. Yeah. So when you said doorknob, I immediately was back in my you know junior can you year of high school. Can you Can you? Oh, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> no it's just, I'm sure it was pretty on the spot as it was. It was highly entertaining, if I recall. Yeah, right, right. Complete waste of time. But I love that teacher. She was fantastic. Yeah. And if you teach, all, all the teachers out there, hang in there. Yeah. You've only got, what, a few more you're, weeks, a couple more weeks? There. Couple days, yeah, it's yeah. actually not too bad. Teachers make a big influence in our lives. Oh, absolutely. And all these years later, we remember things We remember like things. Thank you, yeah, a, a, a speech on the doors. Or yeah. on doors, not the doors. Not the doors. Not, not the doors. doors. Sorry, knobs. I keep messing it up there. Anyway, well, gentlemen, <laughs> how was your weekend? It you was. Uh, those videos where dogs will open the doors, like with yeah, the little yeah. paw yeah. and the little thing hangs out? Are you guys, your dogs did this? No, but I was out at Hardy's house the other day, and his dog will do it. Oh, my. Well, literally, walk because I was watching it, walked up, jumped up, opened the door, and went inside, and then closed the door. And I'm like, "What is going on? Like, how so do you great. teach a dog to do that?" Yeah, no, I had my, a cat that would do that when I was a kid. Oh, yeah, okay. his no, name was Smokey. He was mean. My dog just makes doors. Smokey. Yeah, yes. your dog. Yeah, yes. he kind of just, just jumps he just through does the his own thing. Smokey the cat. <laughs> he Smokey pays the cat. his own. Path. Dude, that cat was evil. He would he would wait and just attack. Or you. it was just a cat. Yeah, this is true. yeah, <laughs> this all is cats. True. Yeah, they all have a mind of their own. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, gentlemen, how was uh, how was your weekend? Get up anything? I mean, it was Mother's Day, so. Yeah. Talk, talk to us a little bit about what you guys had going on this weekend. I mean, before we talk about Mother's Day, on Saturday we had a pool day at the, okay. at the Bishop House, which turned into WrestleMania. All right. So that's you and typically the boys? what pool days yeah. turned into. Is that where into. the tortilla so, slapping uh, came from? No, no, that's a whole different thing. <laughs> this was just straight up wrestling in the pool. And uh, um, I got to tell you, with each passing year, <laughs> it's getting a little bit closer. Little bit yeah, more. I yeah. mean, yeah. I mean, Sam, he, he gave me a good little run for his money there. So, oh, there you uh, go. So we had a lot of fun, and uh, you, you can't. It's like let's all go have a nice, relaxing day at the pool. We're gonna wrestle. Right, you know? right, I mean, right, it's right. not gonna be a relaxing day. A bunch so, of guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I mean, course. we're gonna get in there. And, and was there a belt involved? Uh, I'm getting one made this there week. There should so. be one made. That's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be presented monthly to whoever retains the title. So uh, we Henry, had a, you'll get there, buddy. Yeah, Henry, you'll get there. No teeth were knocked out. No bones were broken. There I did go. have to go to the That's chiropractor. <laughs> so, you know, they did kind of throw my back out a little bit. But hey, it was fun. We had a good right. time. And then, yes, we did honor and celebrate Morgan on Mother's Day. And um, hopefully all the moms got to be honored and celebrated. And, you know, for us, Sunday's kind of crazy, you know, both yeah. working at the church. But we did our own things Sunday afternoon and Sunday night and uh, it was okay. great yeah so I, I I think she felt honored and appreciated well, and good. so the yeah. boys went out of their way to express themselves with words Matthew and words. so yes Not on, okay. on, on right. cards that they wrote and they did I was proud of them they did well, a good, good job they That's did a, good a really job. good yeah. job so yeah hopefully she felt appreciated good yeah. now Matt your your first Mother's Day it, with a responsibility it, to yes, do yeah yes it, it was so we made it very special okay uh, me and Banjo made it very special oh, <laughs> let's go so what what uh, what was our day like? So 
shopping. That's what she wanted to do. Okay. Um, and hanging out uh, at uh, the Boyer's mom, dad's house. Okay. Uh, no, Jane. Joanna's dads. I can't. Okay, yeah, they're my yeah. neighbors. I, they're yeah. your neighbors. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, that's where we were. Yeah. for a while. Yeah. Okay. That's what go. she wanted to do. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but it was also Beautiful her place. birthday oh, on yeah. Friday, so we did a lot of stuff. Oh, up to that. a lot of they're things all packed in. They're in another neighborhood, but I can see their house from mine, so that's probably why that's the, okay. The look yes. of confusion yeah. crossed your face. <laughs> I was like, wait, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so we did. Her birthday was Friday. Well, so, happy birthday to you. Uh, belated. Belated, um, yes. <clears throat> belated. So we went to El Rey. So that's where she wanted ah, to go. Ah, very nice. Burrito Lounge. Dude, uh, the Queso del Rey, man. Yeah. It's, it's good stuff, yeah. Um, <clears throat> her brother came in town, so we kind of hung out and did some stuff at the house and then all, all shopped. That's what she wanted to do. But she also wanted to watch Air. The the, uh, Nike, the Michael Jordan Michael Nike. Jordan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It I is, hear it's pretty good. It is great, which shocked me. I was like, you, you want to watch about is that. it still in theaters? It's in theaters, but you can watch it on Prime. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's where go. we watched it. Okay, yeah, it's right. free on Amazon. Prime. It is right? it's yeah. free. Yeah, are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's happening this week. It is. It is awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's loved it. Yeah, one of the um, things I've been meaning to do, just never getting around to. It. Yeah, well, we did. It was there you awesome. Go. <laughs> well, that's great. Yeah, so you know, with uh, with we've got family in town, so typically <clears> we're over at families on uh, Sunday afternoon, and being uh, in ministry, we always do Mother's Day on Saturday. Uh, we do that for Mother's Day and Father's Day just so that it's a little more mm-hmm. a little more special. So we uh, we took Christy to the Bubbly Hen, uh, the brunch place. Ooh. She wanted to go to the Bubbly Hen. I'm a big fan of the Bubbly Hen. Yeah. I've never been there before. Great and, food. Uh, really? Yeah, yeah. So, Great I mean, people. I'm looking at the menu. It's like creme brulee pancakes and all. I'm like, I'm in. Like, I mean, you had me at yeah, white cheddar. Good, the they om- had this the like bacon thing. I got the three meat omelet. Come on now. The three meat, but they had this bacon sandwich. It's like that thick. Oh my goodness! Yeah. It is amazing. Yeah. The bubbly hen. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was pretty good. And you made fun of Ch- uh, Hardy and I one time because Hardy and I <laughs> met there for breakfast, and I told Chad I'm they meeting Hardy brunch. at, the, at yeah. the bubbly hen. You, you know what? <laughs> and Chad was they like, "What's wrong brunch. with you?" I'm like, "Don't knock it, man. It's amazing." Brunch, food. bro. Now I take it back. You were right. The bubbly hen is delicious. I mean, just because you went there for Mother's Day weekend and Hardy I, and I go there I on mean, a Tuesday. Yeah, I was there with my wife and kids, but I mean, you know, it, uh, it is what it is. But it's, it's a great place. No, it is. It was. And the it was people fantastic. who work there are awesome too. Oh yeah, so we we did that, and then. You know, did did Mother's Day gifts, all that kind of stuff, uh, but had had a good time. It was it was good, and then um, we had a great time here Sunday morning, Vaughn Forest for Mother's Day. All the the photo booths out there. Uh, big shout out to Harper for and yeah. all our volunteers, Bill. And she did a great a few job. Others man. that helped get all that stuff together. I mean, all it was child uh, child dedication, child dedication. Yeah. That's said right. Baby dedications. How many did we have ed- in the first service? Like fifteen. Yes. A lot. Oh my goodness. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. More and than a few five. more in the second service. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was like yeah. it was crazy. Lots of kids. Yeah. So it was it was a good Sunday and weather was nice. And then uh and then yeah, so then afterwards went over to my parents' house for uh for Mother's Day uh that evening, got to spend some time with them. So that was nice. it was good, man. It was a good weekend. Really, nice. really excited. It's warming up outside. You can I tell did call my mom too. Oh, you did? Okay. Yes, well that's good. Talk to yeah. Yeah. That was mom. just assumed. Like you're supposed to call right, your right, mom yeah. on yeah. Mother's Day, you know. Yeah. Now the good thing for me is my mom every it doesn't matter if it's birthday, Mother's Day, Christmas. She wants the same thing, a gift card to Dillard's. So that is that is all she wants, a gift card to Dillard's. Now, here's the only downside. not a bad gift. Yeah. It's not, but here's the downside of that. If you walk into the Dillard's here, and, and, and no disrespect to anyone who works at Dillard's, oh boy. they have like 500 like checkout counters. 
can't ever find anyone uh, behind behind one of they're them. They're too so busy always, working, man. They're they're getting they're it helping done. Customers. They're helping customers. Yes. So, but I did find someone. I got the gift card. She got it. So we're you know I, I fulfilled the Mother's Day duties with that. So. Go. God bless Dillard's. That's right. We appreciate them. <laughs> anyway, but it, but we did have a great Sunday. Continued our message series, Sermon on we the did. Mount. Yeah, Sermon yeah. on the Mount. And yesterday, you call, your your message was counterculture. You even said that you were going to call the whole series counterculture. Yeah, yeah thought, thought about that. that. Yeah. Thought about it. It mm-hmm. crossed your mind. And That's then right. We but we had already it. created the logo. <laughs> we already That's created right. the logo. The graphic was done. Yeah. <laughs> and it was done. And the Chad's bumper like, video no, was done. No. And it's called the Sermon on the Mount. So right. Yeah, yeah, you know, so pretty that. popular yeah. sermon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but it seems to me, you know, Christian followers, we are always going in like counter to culture. So, <clears throat> do you do you believe that? And if, if so, why do you why do you think that? Well, that yeah, I mean, we could unpack that for a while. Well, so, let's do. Yeah, I mean, there's the countercultural component to the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus is just, you have heard it said, but now right. I'm saying. I think the irony of that is he's talking to the religious establishment. Yeah. So a lot of times when we think countercultural, we tend to think in terms of the spiritual versus the secular. So there's yeah. those of us who are Christ followers, and we are countercultural to those who are not Christ followers. Yeah. I do think there are some co- components of that. So you know, there should be some things that are noticeably different about our lives. Yeah. Um, we could talk about the fruit of the spirit. We could talk about right. salt and light. A lot of things we talk yeah. about. But not countercultural in a way where because of those differences, we act like we're better than everybody else, which unfortunately has kind of been <laughs> the mark of a lot of Christians over yeah, the years. Yeah, yeah. So I would yeah. say that taking a countercultural approach within the cultural Christianity of the day is probably <laughs> helpful as well. Okay. That there okay. is this cultural Christianity that yeah. exists that looks a lot like first century world that the Pharisees were perpetuating. That's mm-hmm. all about how you look and how mm-hmm. you talk and what you do right. and your appearances yeah. and, and playing the game, so to speak, <laughs> yeah. and, and your heart to know we're close to God. Yeah. And so there's a countercultural aspect to Christendom or cultural Christianity that we need to step into as well. And at the end of the day, like if you're walking with Jesus to the you know best you can at mm-hmm. a heart level, seeking him and seeking to grow in your faith— there's going to be something different about your life. Yeah. And, and in that sense, there should be some something that is countercultural to who you are. But then I would say the gospel has always spread most quickly in 2,000 years of church history when it wasn't exactly going completely against culture. Like, what are we okay. talking about now? Now, you're, okay. you're totally wait, wait. like, you just totally, you <laughs> wait, know, what? turn that on, contradicted yeah. yourself. Yeah. So, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are written with a cultural context to them. Mm-hmm. So Matthew is written primarily for a Jewish audience. Right. Yeah. You know, Mark is written primarily for a Roman audience. Mm-hmm. You know, Luke is a doctor, and he's going to give us a little bit more of a historical context. And John, decades later, is writing a little bit more 30,000-foot perspective. Let's take Jesus all the way back before Genesis 1, which right. is why John 1, 1 says... Yeah. So there's all... And even the letters. Like, yeah. Paul's writing a letter to a place called Corinth. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know what was going on in Corinth at the time, some of the things you're reading in the letter right. doesn't make a whole lot of yeah, sense. Right. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. there's context. always a cultural component yeah, and yeah. context. I mean, the great... The Reformation happens in the context of a particular culture. Right. Martin Luther, he's a monk. Mm-hmm. He's trying to reform the Catholic Church, and yeah. it's not going well. <laughs> right. So he posts his ninety-five nine. thesis on a wall and a door, Nail, rather in Wittenberg. Nails it to it. Yeah, and the rest is history. So, you know, you could talk about revivals. You could talk about the first, the right. Second Great Awakening. All, right. all these. So, so there's always this element where, when God is moving, 
it's in cooperation with what God is up to at the world at large. Mm -hmm. And so what's the modern day application of that? Right. We only do church on Sundays. Why? So what I would suggest is if we as churches said, well, every day is God's day. You know, this is the Lord's day. Well, if Monday is also the Lord's day, Tuesday is the Lord's day, every day is the Lord's day. But our context of church and established Christianity, Sunday is the day of worship. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Well, our world treats Sunday like any other day. So if we wanted to cooperate with that, so to speak, we would offer worship services on different days of the week other than Sunday, Mm -hmm. whether it's Saturday, whether it's Thursday, whether it's Monday, whether it's Tuesday, whether it's Wednesday. So what I would simply suggest is that would be an example of cooperating with culture. Okay. Okay. If a lot of people can't participate in corporate worship on weekends, well, we could sit here all day long and go, well, that shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Or we could say, well, based on what we observe for people's jobs and their rhythm and the culture we live in today, what if we offered them another opportunity to worship? Right, right, Our right, online yeah. worship experience is also a really good example <clears throat> right. of this. A lot of people spend a lot of time online. Well, we're not going to say worship can't be a part of that world. So we offer yeah. online worship service. Yeah. This podcast. Yeah. A lot of people receive information through podcasts. I mean, right. we hear all the time, we like the podcast more than Adam's sermons. And, and I take that <laughs> we don't know a, a, as, a, as a great compliment yeah. because what I hear people saying is, you're meeting me where I'm at. Right. Okay, yeah. so we're cooperating. Okay, yes. so once yeah. you understand you. a cultural yeah, context you. of whether it's art, film, rhythm, work life, education, mm-hmm. and you cooperate in that paradigm, the gospel can move forward. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a pretty complex discussion to have that my individual life should look different. But as we continue to take the gospel to the ends of the earth, we better use technology. Right. We, we right. better use yeah, a lot yeah. of things that we have at our disposal today, and in that way, cooperating with culture for good. Yeah. So yeah. Th- there's got to be discernment for how we can participate in culture to advance the gospel, and there's got to be discernment where, where we draw the line and say, we can't go there. Right. That's completely well, counter to what it looks like to be a follower yeah, of Jesus. Be, be in the world, but not of it. Very yeah. good. Yeah. Isn't that in the Bible somewhere? Yeah, somewhere. I think. Oh, look, look at the worship, worship pastor. pastor. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> yes. Preach it. Matt's preaching this week, Chad. I don't know if I told you that. Oh, that's so. going to be great. Hey, hey, I'm looking forward to hearing hey. that. Well, so we won't have anybody there. <laughs> we'll do a lot of songs. That's good. So th- he said that in a much more succinct way than I did. Yeah. So I thought it interesting where you talked there about, you know, the discernment. So, like, how do we... You know, give, give me an example and help me know, like, how do we have that discernment, you know, methods we should use versus methods we shouldn't? Is it just what's spelled out in the Bible? Like, how, how do we do that? Well, methods, I mean, you got a lot of fr- freedom and flexibility with methods. Okay. As the great Dr. Towns once said, methods are many, principles are few. Methods may change, principles never do. Okay, let's so go. got a lot Look of methods. <laughs> I mean... If, if I thought having a clown come out on Sundays and juggle while he quoted John 3, 16 would get people saved, we would do it, you know? But I, I don't think that's going to work. Speaking of Bat's message on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I think you got a lot really of lying. freedom and flexibility with the methods that sure. you go about, as long as you're not changing the gospel message, right. you know? So yeah. I think that, that there's a lot of a lot of that. Um, but if you're ever in a situation where you're being asked to do something or believe something that's mm-hmm. counter to the gospel, well, draw the line. Right, you know, right. that you're not you're not going to do that. I mean, there's lines we won't cross. Right, you know, we're not going to change the gospel message. We're we're not going to stop singing to Jesus. We're right. not going right. to stop <laughs> preaching the Bible. However, you'll see across the landscape of our country, there are a lot of churches that are making that decision. That's right. yeah. There are a lot of churches that think, well, if we want to reach people where that, we're going to have to back off of this whole truth thing a little bit. Well, that's a 
terrible plan. Right. It's mm-hmm. sinful, and God won't bless it, and your church will die. Right. To the glory of Jesus, <laughs> because right. you kept preaching. Yeah. You stopped preaching Jesus. Right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you got to know what is true. You got to make sure you don't ever compromise that. But then, as far as how you go about doing it. There's a lot of different ways, which is, I mean, we talk about that primarily here at Vaughn Forest when it mm-hmm. comes to how we do kids ministry. Right. Yeah. So our kids, I bet, I, I bet if your kids are in our kids ministry, they got more Bible verses memorized than you do because I've listened to them. I've watched them yeah. quote yeah. these verses, but we're teaching them the Bible in a way that is more wired to how they are wired, right. not to how we were wired when right. we were kids, right. Right. which is a big challenge in a lot of churches because yeah. who teaches the kids? The adults. And so a lot of times churches ask the kids to bend their learning styles to the adults' teaching styles. And what Mm -hmm. we do a lot is we challenge our adults to bend their teaching styles to the kids' learning styles. So that would be another example of just a method of how we're trying to go about doing that. And and that's a great example of cooperating a bit with the culture in order to to get that message across. I think that's really, really good. Right. Yeah, I like that. So shifting gears, you know, a little bit, I I thought it was really interesting in uh, verse 37 uh, where Jesus talks about, you know, anything beyond yes and no is evil is, is what is what scripture says there. So my question is, is like, so if I say, I promise I'll do this to someone to maybe give them a, a higher confidence that that's going to happen, you know, is that sin to go anything beyond that? I mean, it seems to be what he's saying there. Yeah, you need to stop it right now. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I promise <laughs> I will. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, perfect. Oh, that was good. Um, yeah. No, nah, we live in a fallen, broken world sure. where you have to sign everything. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> DocuSign. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Quick. They draw your little initials for you, and you're like, that kind of looks like the way yeah, I draw it's it. It's legally good binding. Yeah. I'm sure that's fine. I'll just yeah. hit accept, and yeah. hopefully sure. it works. Yeah. You know? But I like the ones you can pick out the one that you want. Oh, yeah, you're different. No, yeah, we live in a fallen, broken world, so you're going to have to make promises. You're right. going to have to sign contracts. You're going right. to have to have other people vouch for you. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to have to have references and you're going to have to proof of employment. I mean, all, this is just the world we live in. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it's not sinful to tell someone, I promise I'll take care of it, mm-hmm. given the world we live in. But it is sinful if you have the type of reputation where nobody believes you and you feel like you have to keep saying that over and over to yeah. get people to trust you again. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I so you. if you've built the type of reputation yeah. where you can't be trusted then you may find yourself having to do that all the time. Well, that's a whole different reason because of the fallen, broken world we live in. Mm-hmm. You've brought that on yourself. And that's going to show up in your circle of people who know you. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your friends, your family <laughs> members, you. your boss, you know. And so, yeah, I mean, it's pretty simple. If you're a, if you're a person that's marked by integrity and you do what you say you're going to do, um, then you don't have to worry about that. But then there's always times where, our intent is to do something. Something happens, and we yeah. couldn't do it. Right, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So do you circle back around? Right. Hey, I know I told you I was going to do this, but something came up, and I wasn't able to. You're, you're a person of integrity. You're mm-hmm. building trust. Yeah. So it doesn't mean that you're leaving. You know, Life happens. Right, yeah. Yes. yes. Chad, I'll meet you at 3. Well, the interstate got shut down. Right, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Chad, I'm but, not going to meet you but at I 3. But <laughs> I didn't leave Chad hanging. You know, yeah. he just... You know, I never showed up. No. So we, I think we all understand the principle there. Yeah. So no, it's okay to say a promise. It's okay to say, you know, emphasize. But if you're having to do that because you sense this person doesn't right. believe me. Right, right, right. Well, now there's a bigger problem that you need to work out with yeah. somebody. And sure. I would start by saying, just look at them and go, 
it kind of seems to me right now that you don't believe me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can we talk about that? Right. What have I done to, to give you the impression that I won't do this? Yeah. yeah. And then sit down and get a pen and a pad. Yeah. They'll probably start telling you some things <laughs> that you may not even be aware of. Yeah, like, absolutely. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, and once again, it's an example of like going beyond just what the letter of law says and into the heart issue, as Jesus so often does here in the Sermon on the yeah. Mount. Well, let's talk about that. You know, someone who has not kept their word the best in the past, but they want to change. What would you tell that person? How would they start to build that trust up again? Well, sit down and make a list of everybody that that you've hurt, everybody that you've lost trust with, everyone you've lied to, Mm -hmm. and then get to work (laughs) on the phone, um, not through text messages. You might need a couple notebooks. Yeah, (laughs) on the phone or in person, own it. Yeah. Own it. Don't 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 blame. Don't give excuses. Mm-hmm. Own a hundred percent of it. Yeah. Hey, I need to let you know that I'm aware that my lying or my deceitfulness or mm-hmm. my not uh, telling you the whole story has created you know a lack of trust. And yeah. I want you to know I'm owning that. I'm apologizing for it. I'm asking you to forgive me, and I'm going to ask you to give me the opportunity to earn your trust back. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you got it. You're going to have to do that one mm-hmm. conversation at a time, one person at a time. And um, it's probably going to take a long time. Mm-hmm. And then understand that everybody will probably be like, we'll see. Yeah. And you can't get mad at people when, right. they, when they have that attitude yeah. because they're, they're going to wait and see. Are yeah. you act- do you actually mean it? Anybody can say anything. Yeah. You build trust through your actions. Yep. So, you know, but you've got to start by owning it. You've mm-hmm. got to let that other person know that you're aware of what you've done. Right. You accept full responsibility for it. Yeah. You ask for forgiveness. And then you start doing the hard work of rebuilding trust. But then let me just say this. I've been around people that are pathological liars. Mm. I don't know if y'all have ever been around a pathological liar. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really sad. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It's really sad. And so I don't say that in any way to you know make light of that. Yeah. But if that's your situation, again, we talk about this a lot in the podcast. Like There, there are biblically-based Christian counselors that can help you with anything that right. you have a challenge with, and someone could help you. Mm-hmm. Right. Someone could help walk you through the process of healing, whether that's Therapy, counseling, medication, a combination of all of the above to get your life back. Because right now, your life is being robbed by the enemy, and you may not have as much control over it as you think you do. Right. And and the first part in getting healing that is just admitting that, just owning that. Yeah. I I have a situation here that's completely out of control. I need help. Okay. And again, we can help. We can help help you find someone who can help you. And so, yeah, sometimes there are people who are, you know, habitual liars or people who just run their mouth a lot and don't even realize they're lying. And there are some people that, that there is. Is a it's a it's a condition yeah. Yeah. that you know it's okay it's okay to not be okay right yeah. it's just not okay to stay there yeah yeah you're actually just going to keep bringing destruction into your mm-hmm. life but yeah I mean if that's where you're at you got to start owning it mm-hmm. and then and then have people help you kind of build a new path you know yeah. you know take a new route so to speak don't don't stay on that path yeah yeah, yeah. as you saw my making a list and calling all I can think of is uh, Billy Madison where Adam Sandler's <laughs> I'm glad I called that guy you it's know so anyway it's a great movie. <laughs> Right. Hey, anytime you got Billy Madison reference, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, like that's that's what I was thinking. So, <laughs> I want to camp out a little bit where Jesus is talking. You know, he says, "You've heard it said, eye for eye, tooth for tooth," and then he again changes the paradigm on us and says, "Turn the other cheek." Your interpretation of that was that Jesus is telling us not to take the law into our own hands, uh, but then you said we also are not to let someone else beat us up. So, I want to unpack that a little bit. Like, where where is that line? Because, like, do you mean just a physical? beating? Is it an emotional beating as well? And, and I just think for some folks, it may be you know hard to know when to turn the other cheek and when to not let someone beat them up. 
Yeah. <laughs> I've never been asked. How do I know when not to let myself yeah, yeah, get beat yeah, exactly, up? Yeah, exactly. Um, they're kind of two totally separate categories, okay. which is the challenge with this passage is when we read these passages, we read into the passages everything about our lives, everything about yeah. our yeah, world, yeah, yeah. everything about our circumstances. We are not first century Hebrews sitting right. on the side of a mountain listening to Jesus right, right, teach right. this, okay? So again, we have to understand the passage in its original context. And then we can begin to deduce applications from that. So correct application follows correct interpretation. Right. So Jesus is saying, hey, you've heard it said eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. But I'm telling you right now, if somebody slaps you on their cheek, you go ahead and just let them slap you on the other one. Well, it's this way of overemphasizing you don't need to take things into your own hands. Right. You, you don't need to retaliate. We've already seen in the Sermon on the Mount, peacemaker. We've already seen you know, power under control through meekness. We've already seen forgiveness. We've already seen reconciliation. Right. You know, we've already seen this, you, know, you guys are just all looking for reasons to divorce your wife instead of upholding the institution of marriage. Yeah. And so there's a rhythm here that's being communicated. And the the idea that, you know, he would say, you know, if someone slaps you on the cheek, turn and let him slap you on the other cheek. Well, in, in Eastern culture, um, and probably even I would say in Western culture today, um, there's a little bit of an insult to be slapped on the yeah, cheek. Yeah, yeah, You see what I'm saying? And especially in Eastern culture, you know, being slapped yeah. on the cheek, um, throwing a shoe at someone. I don't know if you remember years ago. Bush. Yeah, George <laughs> W. Bush. You know, he dodged so, it. He was pretty yeah, spry. And in certain cultures, <laughs> yeah. there are things you do that are insulting. Yeah. yeah. So if we understand that, and again, I have time to go into all this in the message, but hey, if someone insults you, what do you care let him insult you again. Yeah. I heard an interview, uh, Carrie Newhoff was interviewing Mark Batterson, and um, fantastic interview. And Mark Batterson, who's written tons of books that I would recommend all of his books, Carrie um, Newhoff said, hey, Mark, let's talk about this. I've heard you mention this before, that one of your goals is to become an unoffendable person. How's that going? And Mark said, well, I'm, I'm still working on it. But living in Washington, D.C., pastoring in Washington, D.C., that's a really good goal. He's not going to be offended by anybody. Uh-huh. Your political beliefs, your, you know, your perspective on this, that, and the other. And basically what he's trying to say is, like, I claim no right to be offended. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, my life is to be lived for Jesus and to love people and meet them wherever they're at, try to learn their story. How do they end up like this? Yeah. You know, I, I'm not going to get hung up on whether or not what somebody says offends me. Right. I'm going to become right, right. Aff- I think that's a little bit about what Jesus is going for here. If somebody offends you, what do you care? Yeah. You know, so it's not about you. And so there, there's a whole lot there going on with a, what's happening at a heart level, which is why I chose the application I chose, which is when you're wronged, you can choose retaliation or you can choose forgiveness. Right, right, Ultimately, yeah. that's what's happening in this passage. It is in all of us to want to retaliate when we're wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, you know, there are some people that I've, you know, read and listened to shared testimony that had horrific things happen right. to themselves or family members, and they've chosen forgiveness. They have not chosen retaliation. Right. And mm-hmm. so that's a really powerful thing. I got yeah. an email just last week from someone who was joining us online, shared a story um, from their past that kind of yeah. talked to that. Yeah, it was yeah, a really yeah. powerful story. Mm-hmm. So there's all of that happening. And then there's the, so am I just supposed to let somebody beat me up? Right, well, right, like, right. That has nothing to do right, with, right, with right. any of this. But let's talk about it. Yeah. Because the answer's no. <laughs> <laughs> right. Don't. And do you that. said, you know, emotionally, physically, yeah, yeah. what were some of the other? I mean, yeah, just any I mean, type yeah, of. Yeah, any kind of. All a, of the above. Abuse, beating. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. The way we treat each other. No, no, no. You're not supposed to let somebody do that to you. Mm. You're not supposed to let someone treat you however they want to treat you, <clears throat> talk right. to you however they want to talk to you. 
yeah. um, certainly physically harm you. No, absolutely not. Yeah. So w- we are people who are called to be peacemakers, but we're also people who are called to stick up for those who have no voice, to to defend those who have no one else who will defend them. Right. Yeah. That's part of what it means to be a Christ follower. Um, you know, if if someone tries to hurt another person and you're there, you need to stop it. Right. You need to step in. You know, that that's part of what it means to actually be salt and light. Mm-hmm. We're we're trying to move evil back. Right. Yeah. We're trying to cheat yeah, chase that's evil right, yeah. away. That's right. So no, no, no. I'm not gonna seek out, you know, I'm I'm not gonna be an instigator. I'm gonna be a peacemaker. Yeah. But if somebody brings it, let's go. <laughs> and it's not about me. It's about right. being a protector. Now, I'm gonna be a protector for others, and if it comes to it. I can be a protector for myself as well, but I'll just speak for me, and then we can all have some fun with this. Sure. Um, I've got a pretty high level of tolerance when it comes to myself. <clears throat> right. Mm-hmm. right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I say mean, whatever you want to about yeah, me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've yeah. been in yeah. some situations over the years, <laughs> uh, but I could share some <laughs> stories. Uh, <laughs> say whatever so, you want, and they will. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we were on a—I'll tell you the story. We were on a subway in New York City one time, and it was super late at night, and mm-hmm. we were on a mission trip. And I had a bunch of students with me, and this one guy on the train just decided he wanted to just run his mouth for a really long time. And I think he thought at some point, like, I would just step to the side so he could get by me and get closer to where my students were, and that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. I just stood there the whole time and, and didn't look at him in the eye, and I didn't. But, but it, I mean, what, somebody yelling, well, what does that do? Mm. You're just yelling. Right. Like, I'm yeah. fine. Right, right, right. Just, yeah. it's, it's a lovely Tuesday. And he's yelling, you know? <laughs> so, like, I, I mean, if somebody you know, physically threatens me, it's like, okay, well, you know, what, what are we doing here? And, you know, you just kind of have to stay calm. And But if somebody physically threatens somebody I care about, or now, yeah. now that's a different story. Yeah, you see right. what I'm saying? Whether yeah. it's my family or yeah. it's one of y'all or so, you know? Yeah. So, I think that everybody has to know, like, are you a hothead? Are you somebody that's easily. Um, instigated or, you know, and, and you, you got to be aware of that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you've also got to help again. I, I mean, I don't raise daughters, I raise boys. So we talk about these kinds yeah. of situations yeah. all the time um, mm-hmm. where if, if you get in a situation and somebody else starts instigating things, mm-hmm. what do you do? Right. Um, a lot of times for us, that happens in the context of athletics because mm-hmm. I coach my boys' right. ball teams and yeah. we see different examples. Yeah. And emotions are high. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we've had to talk to these young men before about, hey, if somebody starts with you, starts something with you, it's always the guy who fights back that gets caught and mm-hmm. trying to help them understand. So there's a lot of that needs to go into this when it just comes to how, how we help people understand how to navigate in a fallen and a broken world right. where there are people who will do very evil things. Yeah. And if people don't stand up to the evil, the evil gets the upper hand. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. That, that's a whole different discussion than what this particular verse is addressing. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 really interesting. I like what you said there. That's really good. And and I love what you said about, you know, there's very few situations that that calls for action. But when it does calls for action, I like what you said, we need to be prepared for that. And you know, again, as as a father who is raising daughters, you know, the things we teach them is about not trying not to be in those situations as much as possible, but if you need to get someone, you get someone. Yeah. yeah, I mean, where would our world be today if not for godly men and women who have stood up to evil for all of human that's history? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Does that right. make sense? Yes. I mean, so that, that's what we have to keep doing, right. and, and we have to raise the next generation to be willing to do that as well, yeah. because as I said in the message, evil never takes a day off. That's right. Yeah. Evil just never says, well, I guess we've taken enough ground. Yeah. No, yeah, evil won't keep stop going. unless right. somebody stops it. And that's yeah. such a scriptural principle, because you talked about it just now, salt and light. So yeah. that's, that's really good. Yeah, that's good. Well, verse 40 and 41 talks about going the extra mile. Why do you think Jesus 
brought it up here. Um, because it kind of seems like he's shifting gears into uh, reactionary behavior to proaction behavior. Uh, so what's the principle at play here? That's a, that's a really good way of wording that question because, you know, Jesus as the master teacher, yeah. you know, maybe he needed to shift gears yeah. intentionally. You know, it's like I've given them enough things that they're so not supposed to do something. Now, <laughs> right, maybe yeah. I can, now I can, go do something. Yeah, reactionary, reactionary. <laughs> yeah. Now being more proactive. Yeah. And so I like the way you worded that because that's exactly what he was doing. Yeah. You know, he's trying to empower them to see, like, you still can make a decision yeah. here. Um, you still can um, decide what you want to do. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of people over the years that have unpacked this more, and we understand a lot mm-hmm. more now than maybe first century. So Victor Frankel, or Frankel, I think it's pronounced Frankel, he Frankel was, um, like that. Yeah. he survived the Holocaust. Oh, wow. So he saw every person in his family murdered oh. in concentration camps, his wife, his children, oh. everything. And so I can't remember the name of the book, but when he got out, obviously, after World War II ended, he wrote this book. And the famous line from the book is, the last human freedom any of us have is to choose our attitude in every situation. Mm. And he said what he learned was the Nazi soldiers could not make him hate them. Mm. They could take everything else away from him in his his life. They could not make him hate them. Mm. And when he realized he still had that choice, that he could choose to love them Mm -hmm. despite everything they had taken from him, it's one of the most powerful, empowering things that a person can experience. And there's entire schools of psychology that have been developed from this principle that he discovered having lived through that. And so what he's unpacking there, in many ways, Jesus is tapping into it that day. What Jesus is trying to help them see is, listen, even when someone is oppressing you, when someone is commanding you to do something you don't want to do, internally, you can still gain the upper hand by choosing to do more than what they're asking you to do. Right. Go one mile, Jesus says, no, go two. Mm-hmm. And what's the point there? Then in every situation, even if you're not in charge, you're actually still in charge. Mm-hmm. Victor Frankl. Yeah. The last human freedom. The last human freedom. Any of us have is to choose our attitude in every situation. I'm not going to let them make me hate them. Mm -hmm. And so there's so much power there for all of us in a lot of everyday lives because you're going to be in some type of circumstance where you don't like the person who is an authority over you, whether it's a boss, a teacher, a coach. An HOA board member, you know, all the different <laughs> things. And when you're in that situation, well, you know, go go back to, to Victor Frankl. Yeah. I haven't lost my family in a concentration camp. Yeah. I'm not going to let that person force hatred in my heart. Right. So I may not like the way they're leading. I may not like what I'm being asked to do. I may mm. not like the culture of the office. I may not like any, but I can still choose how I yeah. will respond. And when you recognize you still have that freedom, it's really powerful. And so, yeah, I mean, for these, again, uneducated, poor, no rights at all in society, being forced to carry luggage, it's it's incredibly embarrassing and and Mm -hmm. shameful. And Jesus empowers them by going, hey, what if you told that Roman soldier you would take it too instead? Mm -hmm. And the Roman soldier now is looking at the person, wait, what just happened here? So it's a very empowering thing that comes from a heart of, of serving. And I think that it's a really powerful principle then to try to apply in a lot of different areas of yeah. our lives, which is, again, parenting, grandparenting, all the things. If you raise kids or grandkids that 
go the extra mile, do more than is asked or expected, they'll be everybody's boss one day. That's exactly yeah. right. They're going to yeah. go through, yeah. they're going to climb the corporate ladder very right. quickly. They're going yeah. to stand yeah. out in any organization that they yeah. work at. And and I know that everybody's like, oh, I know that makes so much sense. But no, I don't doing it's very hard. rarely do we yeah. see it play out. Doing yeah. that is very hard. And the reason why is because kids and teenagers and college students have all been coddled so much to believe that this entire planet depends on them. <laughs> They're going to go change the world. No, you're going to staple papers or you're going to do some, you know, <laughs> lame job and and not get paid enough money and and you're you're going to be devastated because everybody told you your entire life that you were amazing, you're going to leave your mark. Yeah. You know, like, no, no, you're not. You're going to go to a job that you don't like, you're going to have a boss that doesn't mm-hmm. respect you, and now it's called is your character going to develop? <laughs> And right. if your character develops, and then all of a sudden you're going to turn around in two years, three years, five years, ten years, mm-hmm. you won't be in that same place anymore. Yeah. But it's so amazing when you see this, you know, people in their 20s, you can see who was raised that way. You can mm-hmm. see who was raised to go the extra mile. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, I mean, we're, we're fortunate here. And we've got some folks on our team like Jonathan. You know, Jonathan will do anything we ask him to do. It's right. incredible. And I've met Jonathan's parents. Like, that makes sense. Harper. Yeah. Harper's, she'll do anything we ask her to. You mentioned in the beginning. That yeah. I've met yeah. Harper's parents. Yeah. Makes sense. That's so, exactly right. you know, we have, mm-hmm. we have some people on our team that fit that generation and they actually model what we're talking about the right way. Right. They right. go the extra mile. Right. And all of you call Vaughn Forest home, you benefit from having people who serve on our team who go the extra mile. Mm-hmm. So if you're raising your kids, build that into them now. Yes. Right. yes build that absolutely. into them now. Yeah. Because yeah. once they get out into the quote unquote real world, they'll succeed if they have that that mindset. Right. And then right. and then for the adults, like go the extra mile. Mm-hmm. You know, be the person who picks up trash. Mm-hmm. Now don't be the person who pulls over your car to help a turtle because you might get hit. Some I mean, someone told me that, you know, a week or two ago and I'm like, <laughs> you realize you're risking your entire life for a turtle. Now I like turtles too. Okay. I am pro <laughs> I turtle. Like turtle. But like if you pull over to move a turtle in the middle of the road, you know, you might you might get hit by a car. Yeah. You know, did yeah. you try this late? Well, the Are we other, about the to other, have an intervention. Yeah. So the, this past Saturday night, I was I was driving and I had no idea of this. And a Matthew has not told me this. A squirrel ran out <laughs> in front of our van, up. and there was a car right behind us in our neighborhood, and. The squirrel shed the mortal coil uh, is probably the only best way of saying that. From your van? From my van. From his van. But I didn't want the car behind us to hit us. And and so, yeah. Now, I will say the next morning as I was driving to church, there were squirrels like lining. They, they knew, man. They, they knew. The procession. Yeah, they right, anyway, so, we're, have, no, no, no. We're telling stories now. So uh, you brought it up. Yeah. We're, we got the whole go the extra mile. Yeah, go now the extra mile. You know, yeah, yeah. So I get my when I get my driver, my nephew just got his driver's license. So we were back over in uh, Georgia last weekend for the football camp. So I'm right. hanging out with my nephew. He's 16. He's a great kid, so we're talking. So I'm talking to him about when my dad, you know, I got my driver's license, so we're, it, you know, remembering some things. So I did not tell Carson, my nephew, this story, but I'm going to tell everybody on our podcast. <laughs> Here we story. go. <laughs> so I get my driver's license when I turn 16, and my dad, you know, great dad, you know, telling me all these great things about driving, and he says, the one thing you have to remember, not the one thing, he said, one of the things to remember when you're driving is hit every animal you see. Yes. And I was like, Dad! Like, that sounds terrible. Like, what are you talking about? And he goes, no, 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 no. You're you're hearing me the wrong way. He goes, there have been a lot of people over the years that when an animal runs out in front of them, they'll swerve to miss the animal and they'll hit another vehicle or they'll hit a tree. And he goes, listen, obviously, I mean, we have pets. We love pets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but you would... 
it's better to hit the squirrel than to hit somebody else head right. on. Yeah. And and I okay, I get it, Dad. Yeah, you know, yeah. that I, you're not telling me to seek out animals right, with my yeah. vehicle, yeah. but don't, don't steer yeah. into it. But yeah, so yeah. I was like, okay, log that to memory. So yeah. my senior of high school. So this would have been two years later. So my senior high school, you know, I was probably out playing basketball one night. That's basically all we ever did was play basketball at different people's houses. And so I'm driving home. It's not late, but it's it's probably 11 o'clock. I mean, not <laughs> 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. Probably about 11 o'clock at night. I'm on my way home. And as I'm going down the little two-lane road that you had to get to to eventually get to the road we live on, I see, like, what looks like headlights where they're not supposed to be headlights. Um, and, and, and they're facing, and it's just kind of, so the closer I get, I'm like, what? I'm like, that's a car. Yeah. So like I pull over and there's this car that has like totally like not hit a tree head on, but it's kind of wrapped around this oh, tree. No. And the, the lady that's driving is still in the car. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, she's screaming and she's freaking out. And so like, I go up to her and, you know, I'm like, you know, Hey, you know, is everything okay? And mm-hmm. she looks at me and she goes, did I miss the dog? That's what I she asked he, me. I think you missed it. And I oh, said, yeah, wow. he's great. <laughs> I can't see it. He's pitch right, black right, dark. Right, right. Yeah, I just, yeah, I'm sure he's fine. And, I mean, she was terrified. And, and my parents had just gotten me, like, an emergency phone, like, uh-huh. to use in any situation. So I ran back to my car, called 911, got the police there. And um, I didn't know what to do. I'm an 18-year-old kid, and yeah, she's upset, yeah, yeah. and I'm trying to comfort her. And mm-hmm. she is just, I mean, I, I called her husband for her. I was just doing everything I could yeah. to try to help her. And um, I, I'll never forget this, because I finally looked at her, I go, would you like a piece of gum? <laughs> like, for whatever reason, that's what calmed her down. Okay, so we'll she see. Was, she goes, yes, actually, so I gave her gum, and it worked. And so she calmed down. She stopped crying. Juicy fruit. The, the police got no, there, and, okay. and, you know, she ended up, I think she ended up being, I actually, I went home, you know, once yeah, the cops yeah, yeah. got there. So, you know, she seemed to be okay. But the point is. Yes. Yeah, I mean, when yeah, you're driving, you got to be careful with, with all these yeah, different literally things. Literally a conversation I've had with Lena, my yeah. daughter, because she's starting to get up. I mean, she's going to be 14, actually, Sunday. And hey, so we, we have we started. have a congregational singing, Matthew. There we go. That'll work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Happy birthday. Uh, there you right. go. But she, uh, which, by the way, she told me, I said, what do you want to do for your birthday? She goes, can I have a couple of friends over, spend the night, and we can watch Star Wars? I was like, I am parenting Where, the right way. Up. Yes, I yeah. cried for yeah. a while. She said, and go to church so Matt can yeah, lead yeah, the yeah. worship and I can listen to Adam that's, teach? That yeah, was all, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Those are the next thing. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that well, was this is Friday. Right that's Sunday. That. <laughs> yeah. uh, but anyway, but no, but we had that exact same conversation. Like, do not swerve. You know, like your life is more, more. anyway, so yeah. I played that out. Have you guys ever hit an animal, like for real? Like not, a deer or anything? I... Coming out of Bridlebrook one time, a deer walked across. I was able to slow down so that it just kind of bumped it. So it wasn't too bad, but never like full on. I had a deer one time at about 70 miles an hour. Good. Yeah. It was alive. So um, it was on Highway 316 Uh, that runs to the University of Georgia when we lived over there. And it was like 530 in the morning. I was on my way to a meeting. And I may not even see it. And so when I hit mm. it, it rolled down the whole right side of my car. So it, it dented every Everything. panel on Everything. the side of my car, the front and the whole right hand side. And it was an older car, so I never got sure. it fixed. I sure. Mean, yeah, yeah, it I just, was you know, totaled. So uh, no, <laughs> still it, drove, it, it still ran. So, uh, so a year and a half later, I'm sitting at a red light. And we're telling stories. I'm sitting at a red light, and these two cars on Highway 316, like right in front of me. You've driven on Highway 316. Yeah. yeah. So that they one turns in front of the other and the, gets t-boned, and they ricochet off each other into me oh, while no. I'm just sitting in the red. 
totaled my car. Like that's how fast it, my car got totaled, and I wasn't even moving. I'm just sitting there. So it's Why? I, yeah. So, so the the police officer is Why? like writing up the report, and we're standing there looking at my car. The whole front end is just caved in, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's yeah. looking at. It, he's like, all right. He's like, I understand reconstruction, reconstructing the accident scene, how all this happened. He goes, but what I can't figure out is how did the whole side over here get dented? I go, oh, as a deer man, yeah, eighteen yeah, months ago, yeah, and he's yeah. like, you serious? I'm like, yeah. he goes, well, I'm gonna write it up on the report for you anyway. It'll help your insurance. There you I go. Like, I thought he was gonna you. say he's, sit- he's sitting on the highway. A deer limps out of the forest. Yeah. And yeah. Looks yeah. Yeah. That's where yeah. oh, there was like, no limping. I remember yeah. you. That deer did not limp. <laughs> he, he also shed the mortal coil yeah. rather, rather, rather quickly. He did not limp. All right. I don't uh, know how we got on that? You got us on yeah. that. You know, normally, normally people get this at the beginning of the podcast. Yes. This is a we, reward we for those who like an Oreo. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yes. Cakes gun layers. All right. So shifting back to the message from Sunday. I thought we were done. No, we got. I got. I got one more question for you. So it's an important one. Strike up the music, John. I think we're done. But nobody's listening anymore. <laughs> so whenever we're kind of coming up with these questions, I, you know, I listen to the message. Matt listens to the message, and, and we've talked about this. We we always try to go. All right, what are some things when you preach on these verses that we've always kind of wondered? You know what what comes to mind? You know, and so. Jesus talks here about uh, people asking to borrow from us, and he says that we're to give to those who ask, we're to lend, we're to not uh, turn away. So I want to unpack that a little bit more because, you know, Jesus has just told us, like, don't let people take advantage of you, you know, like, you know, all that kind of stuff. So if we're not supposed to let people take advantage of us financially or otherwise, he's telling us to give to whoever asks. Can can you help me understand that a little bit more? Well, the... the I don't know if he was saying so much. Don't let people take advantage of you. Is don't let people you know physically or yeah, emotionally yeah, yeah. Okay. abuse sure, you. Sure, you know, sure. I kind of do see those things a little different. I think it means what it says. Okay. I think if there's people in need and you can help meet the need, meet the need. Okay. Um, I, I think that that's kind of the greater principle there. Okay. Um, you know, in the New Testament, you know, it, it says that they gave everything they had. They mm-hmm. literally part of their conversion experience led them to the conclusion that these earthly possessions aren't really mine anymore. Hmm. So there really was this community aspect where every need was going to be met. Yeah. And so, you know, that's the beauty of being a part of a church is, you know, when when you again, we said you're not giving to Von Forest Church. Yeah. You're giving to God through Von Forest Church. Right. Mm-hmm. But part of your obedience and giving to God through Von Forest Church is that those funds are used for these types of things. Right. Mm-hmm. We have an entire benevolence ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I never feel like I have to give financially to another organization for needs to be met. I just give more money to Von Forest Church because mm-hmm. I know what's going to be used, whether right. it's uh, homelessness, whether it's people who are hungry, whether it's uh, people who need medical care, you know, all the different things. Like our church is actively involved in that. Mm-hmm. And so because, and I'm just speaking for myself here, Morgan and I have chosen to be generous when it comes to the finances we've been entrusted with to God through Vaughn Forest Church. Um, I feel like I have a little bit more freedom than with how I handle particular situations that come my way in everyday life and other scenarios or circumstances. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, if, if it seems sketchy, it probably is. Right. Yeah. You know, where there's smoke, there's usually fire. Right. Yeah. And so I can use some wisdom and discernment. But I would say to the person who says, well, I do that too, but you're not also being generous. Ah, you, no, mm. no, no, no. We're not talking about the same thing. Gotcha. That's apples and oranges. Gotcha. Yeah. So you've got to establish obedience and generosity first. Mm-hmm. And then I think God will give you wisdom and discernment okay. in particular situations that you're made aware of where there sure. are needs that are legit. As opposed to somebody who's just, you know, running some type of scheme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think yeah. we've all, you know, we 
I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, but I think we can all see the difference. <laughs> sure. There. Right. Yeah. But, you know, aligning yourself with a healthy organization that participates in that at a high level is a really, really good first step. And yeah. for those of you who give, like you, you've already made that choice. But if you haven't, I would encourage you to, to, to begin to do that because that is a part of, of how we function as a church. But then, yeah, I mean, in everyday life, if there are such situations or circumstances that come about that you know there's a need here. Mm-hmm. We'll meet it. Yeah. You know, meet it, whether it's through clothes or toys or um, something as simple as, you know, giving really big tips mm-hmm. when you go out yeah. to restaurants yeah. to people who, you know, are working really hard and mm-hmm. they they need that money. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? So I think that living a life of generosity and, and trying to meet needs as you see them in your own everyday life as you can, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think I think that question comes back to the greater principle we've talked about so many times here on the podcast is you got to be walking in the spirit. Yeah. Because if you walk in the spirit, there's going to be sometimes. And again, when we lived in New York, this was an everyday occurrence. So, I mean, I, I passed 30 opportunities to give away money every day on yeah, my yeah, way yeah, to the yeah. office. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, developing wisdom and discernment for who to help and who not to help. And obviously our church up there was really involved in doing a lot of things in the city. But every now and then the Lord would kind of speak to my yeah. heart, you know, hey, yeah. go help that person or you know, go talk to that person or, you know, go see if there's something you can do. But then sometimes that wouldn't be the case. And right. so I think that's one of these things where you've got to really be in tune with the Spirit because sometimes the Holy Spirit may lead you to do something that catches you off guard. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes you, you may actually be thinking the Holy Spirit may redirect. And Paul talks about that all the time in his letters. I thought we were going to hear Spirit redirected right. over there. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that's a pretty normal occurrence. But the greater principle there is, yeah, we're supposed to be people who meet needs. Yeah. And so when you see needs, you meet them. I mean, we could talk about compassion, how we do that yeah. with kids. You know. So yes, that, that should be a part of who you are as a Christ follower. And right. if it's not, you've left out a big part of what it means uh, to be a Christ follower, because that is how, tangibly speaking, right. we become salt and light. And, and that's that's why we do talk about generosity and stewardship and all these different ideas so often here at Vaughn Forest Church, is right. because it does give you you know that opportunity. I love what you said there about uh, being uh, a, a generous tipper. And honestly, right. I think it kind of goes back a little bit. You were talking uh, about the idea of going the extra mile and all that kind of stuff. Like, Parents, have your kids work in the food service industry at least once, you yeah. know, as they're, as they're growing. I mean, different yeah. opportunities like that where you can then learn and empathize. Yeah. And when you understand those situations, I think you can better uh, you can better know what the Spirit is leading you to do there. I think right. that's that's a really good point. Or if you have a babysitter. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. He or she's a high school or college student. Yeah. You know, pay them 20 more bucks and everybody else pays them. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to miss the 20 bucks, but to them it makes like, oh, wow. Yeah, difference. Difference. They'll never the never forget it. Right. Yeah. yeah. So look for those little opportunities to do things that you know, you're going to buy, you know, two or three lattes at Starbucks. Something will change your life, but like for that person that might be something that's, that's super right. significant yeah. for yeah, them. That's really good. That's yeah. really good. Well, gentlemen, this has been a fantastic conversation. I'm looking forward to continuing the series this Sunday, uh 9:30 and 11 a.m. here on campus. For some reason you're traveling, you know, people can always join us online. Yeah. Vaughn Force.com. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in to this episode of the Other Six Podcast. On behalf of Adam Bishop, Matt Collins, Sound Guy Jonathan, and myself, we will catch you next time. <laughs>